Hi, you guys. This is Chelsea. This is Evan. And welcome to Call Us Crazy. Woo! Woo! I always have to do a clap on the stage. So I have Tourette Syndrome. I have Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. And here on this podcast, we're going to talk to other people who have diagnosable disorders, how it affects their life, both negatively and positively, but focusing mostly, Evan, on... On destigmatizing uh, the positive, entertaining, and enlightening people. Yes, let's like talk about things to normalize them, shall we? That's a good idea. Right? That's a great idea. I hope it's a great idea because our first <laughs> guest is here to talk about it. This is the voice of Ala Patel, ladies and gentlemen. Just the voice. I'm just not voice. here physically. Yeah, I'm no, it's yeah. just he's a suspended head. And he's going to talk to us about what it's like to just be a voice and not have people. <laughs> yeah, that's my. Person. That's my. That's what I'm diagnosed that's with. That's his disorder. Bodyless. What syndrome. do they call that? What's the official diagnosis? I'm uh, just being a voice. Ethereal disorder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It's very serious. A lot of people no. are struggling with yeah, we don't, we're not, a disembodied we're not, Come on, Chelsea. You're, you're, this defeats the purpose of the show. We're not here to laugh at people. So Olive is not only a very talented comedian and writer, but also um, my comedy life partner and CLP. former roommate. Yeah. We are very close. We've I have a little third wheel thing going on here. I feel a little weird. <laughs> no. This is, you know, Evan. Well, I have a, it's your podcast, so I'm a third wheel. Uh, and then exactly. we're guys, and so she's a third wheel. We all have a third there wheel There you go. Situation. That's right, yeah. So, Olip, um, what did you come to talk to us about here today? Why did you step into our office? And you can't say because I forced you to come. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, social pressure, uh, mainly. No, well, I... Uh, Chelsea, you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> I don't have anything ex- exciting, like diagnosis-wise, other than depression. I guess you know. That's pretty exciting. Nothing flashy. Yeah. That, I feel <laughs> like you just—that was the embodiment of your depression right there. You're like, it's like not very cool. It's we're, kind of lame. Look, we're not—we're not just going for the glamour disorders. We're going <laughs> okay. to everything's That's next accepted. Season. Have you had a schizophrenic yet? No, oh, we're trying to. Bo- do you know any? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna. I, I'll, I'll, I'll look around. I'll we're poaching around. for people. I'll ask around. We posted on Craigslist. Got a few weird responses so far, but nothing's panning out. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I think maybe just speak a little bit to what, in what ways your depression has manifested itself, sort of when you felt you were able to articulate what it was you're going through. Uh, gee, that's a tough question. I know. That's why you're here, Olive. We're I, I get it all I never out. got any, like... Uh, real diagnosis until I was like maybe like 26 or 25 or 26 and I started getting some therapy okay but before then like I I felt like I mean I did have like I don't know melancholy or whatever you want to call it like I felt it like probably maybe like uh starting in college I don't know I don't know I don't remember being depressed in high school really but maybe I'm just like not thinking about it that hard probably like super angsty and depressed anyway but well and a lot with a lot of these things sometimes you you don't realize when you're young that you feel it and you realize that it's different and it's not just well you know some of my friends are sad or but this is actually really impacting my life did that start early like a lot earlier on than college or do you start really feeling that in college? No, I don't think I really had any impacts when I was. I think I think I started feeling it more in college, where I would be like, kind of like, I would get depressed. I would write poems and stuff about being depressed uh, when I was in college. So I think it, that's when I like started actually like thinking like it's like a real thing. Right. I don't remember feeling that way in high school. Really. It's such a transitional place too that I feel like college, whatever you have, is magnified by like a thousand 
when you're in this new place away from home, or even if you're still living at home, but just around all these people, and it's, you really start to feel whatever it is a lot more. Absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah. And a lot of things where I know for me, like my Tourette got always seems to flare up when I'm going through some sort of significant life shift or transition or change, which I think can rise from what I have garnered from speaking to other people seems to be pretty consistent amongst lots of disorders. Like, yeah, that makes sense. That feels yeah. with the OCD, you know, yeah. moving up here, college, all of that. Of course, college is a dirty, dirty place. So, (laughs) (laughs) and it also is like you said, all up hard to sort of um, decide when you're feeling angsty in high school, whether it's just teenage angst or whether it's something more serious than that. Everyone's pretty fucking angsty. Yeah, exactly. Journaling a lot. Right, right. Also, you I have... journaled the shit out of my journal <laughs> <Did you? laughs> in high school. Oh, yeah. I was very Four angsty. journals. That's great. Yeah, I had lots of journals. I still have them all. I've instructed um, my best friend, Lindsay, to burn them all if oh, I would ever meet with an unfortunate oh, no. baby. No, because I don't want my loved ones. You write stupid stuff when you're a teenager. You don't believe you know in an afterlife. I mean? Let us see it. It yeah. was for us. <laughs> this is your legacy. I don't want to tarnish my memory. I don't want you to read one of my I'll have just I would love to come on that would be so great for me the girliest like hand like come on girl (laughs) you front no I don't want my memory to be tarnished I don't want you all up to read something terrible that I wrote about you in my journal in a (laughs) moment of anger give me an example like of something that I might find yeah like I don't want it to be you know maybe when we were roommates I don't want you to read something like this morning all the soy milk was gone and I know Olive drank it because he loves cereal. That well, jerk. I want to go back to high school, so I don't know anything about <laughs> high school. I was going to say, and by the way, and I know this doesn't actually apply to you, Olive, but that is the whitest thing I've ever heard. That, like, <laughs> that you're writing depressingly in your journal about, about soy the milk. soy milk being drank. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I ever actually did, but I'm saying theoretically if I were mad. No, you, it's definitely the in there. Now that you mentioned it. I remember okay, that day. We digress. So. <laughs> And you're still here. It was a hard day for all of us. Um, Okay, so in college, you were writing poetry. That's what made you feel sort of that your depression came to light more so than just general uh, adolescent. Yeah, I think I started to lean into it because I I switched majors. I became an English major and I started reading all these like, you know, like I think you get exposed to lots of different things too. What was your original major? Uh, I was a physics major when I started out. Uh, and also, like, you don't have a lot of control of your life when you're in high school. At least I didn't. Yeah. Right. So, like, you kind of just still, okay, I go to school, and then I go to run track practice, and I eat dinner, and, like, there's not even that much time for you to, like, like be depressed, maybe, unless you're, like, really yeah. depressed, I think. But then in college, you're, like, you start thinking about, well, what am I going to do, and all this other stuff, so... I think that, like, I don't know. That, when, you, uh, when you have other, when you don't have other people controlling your life, and now you have to figure out how to control things that you couldn't, you didn't otherwise have to deal with. Yeah, that's a stress. Good point. Yeah. Also, I had a concussion in, in college, so I don't know if that. Oh affects. really? Yeah. That's very interesting. So me and my. Do you think there's a correlation for <laughs> I, real? Oh, so I'll, I don't know if it, I didn't get never got diagnosed, but I'll, I'll tell you the story. Like my. Friend and I used to skateboard, and then like uh, in the winter we would there was this hill we would like take the wheels off our skateboard and kind of just use it as like a fake snowboard, like because we didn't have snowboards. And so we were doing that one time, and I I went down real fast, and I like fell and kind of like hit my head on the, the sidewalk, I think. And you then I were wearing I, a helmet. No, we didn't wear helmets. Allah. <laughs> 
So. <laughs> no, and then I like, I, then I like slept for like 14 hours after. That's that. so dangerous. Yeah. You're supposed to not say I know. that. I didn't know any of those things. I didn't know it. It wasn't well known like uh, oh, about concussions. Oh, in the 1990s. There, there is, you know, there's a movie about? coming out with Will Smith about the, uh, the NFL. And these are people who wear helmets. Maybe you should get checked out. I'm just saying. We're not here to bombard you, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you might because this, but no, because it does, lead, it can lead to a lot of neurological issues. And, you know. Well, that's like also we don't want you. concussions. Yeah. Well, sure, sure. Yeah. I don't but know. still, that's point wrong. being, you made a terrible decision back then. God bless you for making it. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay, know. So we you're here to tell the tale. <laughs> so, yeah, and you slept it off, and then what? Did you feel different afterwards? Um, I don't know, but I remember like. At, at, in college and afterwards, be, like depression being more of a thing in my life. After the I concussion, know. I don't know if it's right after oh. this concussion because the concussion was like sophomore you. year. Yeah, I guess okay, that's very interesting. So I don't know. I'm gonna Google that later. Any listeners who have information about this, if you also have had a concussion that led to some sort of neurological anything Absolutely. different happening, I, think it, I mean, I think it does. Colin, like, have do we have some a caller on the line? Oh wait, no. sorry, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> also, that well, I was gonna say. Also, we were talking about uh, dating before the show started. So, also, if you're into the whole concussion thing and you want to meet all of us singles, singles, possibly concussing.org. <laughs> <laughs> but did your depression like was did it? have like a day-to-day effect on you did it uh was it did it keep you from doing things yeah. or did it make you do things um i don't think it really kept me from doing a lot of stuff but i would spend a lot of time alone like uh and like i think it was uh, partly it was like seasonal effectiveness disorder too because yeah. i remember i would get like a lot more depressed in uh like in the winter and the fall yeah. the fall, like the spring semester i would be like not as much depressed like i would come out of it like very quickly so, yeah, but also I was very active. There's like it's you're always like doing stuff, and I don't know how it is now, but you're always eating with people, and so it's like you have a natural like safety net of like people are just always doing stuff, right? You right. Know, in college, as opposed to in adult life, where we're just like all us like wandering around by ourselves, right? right. <laughs> totally. Well, then when you moved, well, you're from New Jersey. And now we're in New York City. For those of us, big move. those of you who don't know, big big move. Um, Maybe also talk us sort of through your career transition, because I don't know if perhaps, do you feel like that to some extent, the depression played a part in that, whether it be making the decision to make a career change and then maybe in your second career? Sort of. I mean, I have a, I have a cycle yeah. where like I get a job and then like after like a couple of years, I kind of just like, just like, I hate this and I just want to like quit. Well, so tell everyone what you were doing or like what your major was, what you graduated, what you started doing and then what you do now. So after college, uh, I worked at a cell and DNA repository, like as a lab tech. It was like a good job. It was fine. Um, I didn't like pay a lot of money or anything, but it was like pretty like stress-free and everything. Uh, but I didn't really give, you know, I didn't give a shit about it. So I was like, whatever, I don't care about this job. And I didn't know what to do with myself, so I like I was like, all right. Uh, after a couple of years, I was just like, I quit, and then I moved away. Um, you know, I used to I did this weird thing. This is so weird. I never told you about this, but I I staged a rebirth for myself one time, like what? in my bathtub. Like I did. I put myself inside. Like, uh, <laughs> oh my god, this is so this embarrassing is so to talk exciting. about. Yeah. I can't believe we've been. I think I was like twenty four. So long, and you never. This told is me this. so embarrassing that I don't even want to talk about it now. But it's I'll tell late. you about yeah. it since we're on the show. <laughs> Where I only my mom listens to this. <laughs> where I put myself inside a trash bag and and would fill it with water. And I came back out like as if to like tell myself I'm going to be a different person and not like to like as a way to like cope with like not you know like 
uh, like bad like behaviors and cycles and stuff like that. Absolutely. Did it did it help? Did it affect you? I, I mean, did you, I don't think it really helped. But <laughs> I think the sentiment I is admirable. Like that. Yeah. How did you did you like read this on the internet? No, just I'm just think I'm, I'm like I can't even that's look creative. at in the eye. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just nuts. I had that's an I, idea that I had for myself. We don't nuts. use we don't use nuts. Yeah, we don't so. use that sorry, word here, Ella. I am being very sincere. I would tell you if I was never going to speak to you again. And you've told me worse things than that. You could tell me after. I, <laughs> but I think that sentiment is admirable. And I feel like, and you know, as long as I've known you, I've never seen you get in a bathtub inside a garbage bag. But I've seen you do no. other things that I also think are admirable in terms of like, you know, ways that you've said definitively, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to try right, right, to right. turn another direction. Well, anyways, okay. So other than the rebirthing, what um, which now I think is going to trend. Uh, it's going to trend. <laughs> but, but so They're you had a job. Do it. You yeah. were involved. I mean, like you had graduated then, thinking initially, like you said, you originally were majoring in uh, physics. I think you thought you were going to maybe do. Yeah, I wanted to be a writer, and then I kind of like I don't know what happened. I really didn't like put that much effort into it. And then I played uh, poker a lot, so I was like, maybe I'll I try to be a professional poker player. You know, I didn't lose a ton of money or anything, but like that didn't that didn't really work out. I have poker there. nights. We'll talk after the show. Do you? Okay, yeah. we're, we're gonna play. <laughs> we're gonna play and then rekindle. Wait, you're not a gambling game. addict, are you? Because I don't. No, okay, no, I don't, I don't sure. do other kinds of gambling. I just do poker. Um, but so I thought I was doing that, and then I was like, really didn't know what to do with myself, and then I was like, let me get out of here. It's like, well, you were teaching for a while. Well, oh, yeah. and that's when I came back. So yeah. I came back, uh, and I, so I did comedy. I moved to Atlanta right back then, and then I was I, I was like, I don't know what to do. And then I, I made a short film while I was down there. I started doing stand-up. Um, and I was doing a little teaching down there. Uh, and I got a... <laughs> I got a call back to be on the Black Family Channel. Like, they were doing... They were, what? They were going to make a... You know Robert Townsend? That's a thing? You know who that Black is? Family yeah, Channel? Yeah, yeah. It's not Townsend. a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it would have launched my career, but it's, it would never became a thing. Uh, so, like, the third or fourth time I did stand-up, like, it was this audition for... Uh, the Black Family Channel. They wanted to make a stand-up comedy show with like a showcase. So like, I went. Somebody told me about. It, I went and I did like three or four minutes of like clean jokes, I guess. Uh, and then and then I got a call back. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be a big star. Uh, <laughs> but I had a trip to Which India. Is as much affect as all I've ever had. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna be a. Big but star. you know, inside yeah. my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm be a huge Great. star. Uh, and then. <laughs> so like I, I had a trip to India planned so I called the producer I was like should I cancel my trip because I was like I don't want to like delay my stardom oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so he's like no just call us when you come back and so I come back and then like there's no more bl- like you yeah. know what I mean the girls are like oh, it's not going to happen and it's like I never uh. heard from anything about it again <sighs> but then I was like uh, then I got the bug I was like I should go to New York and like see what's going on like up there you know like, like make a career for myself see what's going sure. on up there suss sure. it out yeah yeah so Let's that's why I came up here and then I got into teaching up here which was like terribly like stressful and that really that really threw me into a depression actually because of how overwhelming it was yeah so i did the teaching fellows program and i did this i did the training part in the summer where you like do co-teaching and you take these classes and uh you take these tests and then you get a job after the summer as a like a teacher on your own and i got a job at this school on 14th street near union square uh and it was so stressful it was like the most it wasn't like the kids were horrible people or anything. They were like mostly nice kids, but like what age or what grade? It was like ninth grade math, because uh, they're short of math teachers all the time. I wanted to be like an English teacher, but I say then they and they looked at you and they're like, "Oh, you look like you'd be good at math or science." <laughs> well, I taught other stuff. I taught. Like, I used to teach like GRE courses and shit like that, uh, so I could do all this. I could do like you know different sure. stuff. Right. 
And so, like, we really need math teachers. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll be a math teacher. And then what made you? So that was overwhelming. And then how did, though, you get into the, um, so what I quit you're doing that. After I qu- that? Let me tell, all right, so let me give you another, another, uh, pin on my mental on map. On we're my putting together timeline. the full picture before you, we give you I feel like you are in therapy now and we're like trying to diagnose <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. so I, I got there uh, I did. The, I was there for like the first week of this job was like so stressful I was like not eating a lot and like even my parents were like they were like man you look like really like stressed out they didn't say anything because any people don't like talk about their feelings I was going to say did they, <laughs> did they know that you had depression or did was that just something you didn't talk to them about uh, well no I didn't go to this, this is when I started going to therapy okay. after this so this was two thousand and uh, this was two thousand six. Okay. So the first couple of days I went and I was like really like frustrated and I was like I can't believe like this is the situation that it is like the administration was really terrible and like I feel like I could, just couldn't get through the kids at all. Yeah. So I quit after the third day. The third day I called my sister up after school and I was talking to her about like just how frustrated I was and I started like like crying. I couldn't like stop myself. Like I was in the school still. So like I was I was talking to her and like I just like had like an emotional release valve and so I started crying a little bit and I was like shit I gotta get out of this school because I can't see like I yeah. can't have everybody in the school see me crying so right. like I kind of was just like holding it in and like ran out uh, and I was just like crying on the streets and in the subway. Uh, Did a good Samaritan come to come to you? <laughs> no, I don't think. I mean, somebody might have asked me, but I don't remember anything. <laughs> then I got into a Starbucks and then I went in the bathroom and I kind of just like was like. Compose myself in the bathroom. That's and the standard like, use for any Starbucks. Yeah, and then I quit, and then I quit the next day. Yeah, that's, 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 that's why for Starbucks. Blue room at you Starbucks. can go and like <laughs> cry without like uh, feeling exposed. So then you and then you'll well sorry, then I quit then right. So then I quit, uh, and uh, I told the guy and I was like I'll finish out the week or whatever and he's like all right fine. So like I lasted like four days but I finished the week uh, and then after that I didn't like know what to do with myself. I was just in my parents' house. Like with no job and not really a lot of money. In and I was that like, New Jersey. Yeah, and I was is. I was in the attic. If you tell them the, ad- <laughs> the address, they can go see. It's a historical site now. <laughs> it's a museum. It's just like a it's bomb a museum in an slash empty rental property. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Either way. Um, so then I was just like in my in the attic in my bedroom and like I was like supposed to be looking for jobs and stuff and I would be telling my mom like yeah, yeah I'm looking for jobs but I would just lay in bed all day long like every day and I told my sister you know I, I, my sister is like she, I literally like I can't like repay her for all the things she's done for me like in life um, and she so she like I told her the truth and Clyde was I was just like yeah I'm like really like depressed I'm just kind of like not doing anything. And uh, she set up, uh, I didn't have insurance either, so she set me up with like um, this like, these therapy sessions at Fairleigh Dickinson, like with grad students, you know, like they all have yeah. to go, right, they're, right. So, they're like part of the social work school. And so it was like 15 bucks a week uh, and I would go there and that kind of like really like turned a lot of things around for me, like got me working again, like they, you know, they're like, he was like, my therapist was like, why don't you like sign up with a temp agency, why don't you... If you want to do comedy, why don't you try going once a week or something? You know, he had yeah. me do all these things. And so, yeah. like, that slowly, like, turned everything around. And I sort of, like, got my life together and moved out and got a job and started doing comedy again. And I moved to Hoboken and stuff. Um, but that's that was, like... So therapy was very helpful. Yeah, yeah. I would recommend it to anybody. Like, were, were there meds or... No, because they can't. Rec- they can't. Oh, they can't prescribe okay. meds because they're they're not like certified. Um, and also, I don't know. I know there's they're trying to like destigmatize anything, but in my in my mind, especially back then, I was like, I don't know. It would like change my personality or something. You were nervous about the side effects. Yeah. that's totally valid. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, and one of my, one of my dreams is like uh, I want to start like a like some sort of program or website or nonprofit that helps people like do that part. You know, like the part where like that my sister did for me to like find somebody that I could go to and like set up. We actually had a prior guest on who does has... something sort of similar. Yeah, one of our other guests. Well, That's she like the has hardest sort part. of like yeah. a nonprofit foundation that. More so, does she do that? Actually, how people find therapy, or is it that just more I understand so like? It, right. oh, that's so interesting. We should connect you to. Uh, but you yeah, should definitely do it because that that really is really like I feel idea. like that's overlooked because it's like right. okay, oh, you can call this number, but like if you're depressed, you don't have, you're not going to call. It's hard yeah, to take the, the first step. You don't have yeah, you don't have the, any of the you motivation. Need someone to guide you over that. Okay, so then you started doing comedy, and then do you feel I guess what other ways that now you're in this creative space? Which, in some ways, I think can be very helpful for people who have any sort of depression, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, how many? That's kind of why we started right, this right. podcast, right. is because we were meeting all these other performers and right. creative types. Comedy is a great place to meet troubled people. Exactly. Yeah, it just it's seemed true. like creativity and some sort of disorder went hand in hand. So, do you think that your depression helped you shape your comedy and your performance, or do you think it? made it harder uh, to get out there in the first place no maybe because you see more value in like doing some sort of creative outlet because maybe you don't value other things in your life as much if you're depressed oh, yeah. mm -hmm. you know That's maybe you're point. like well i really like you know you get to go laugh or whatever maybe it feels a lot more maybe it gives it more like intensity or something i don't know so it's a separate catharsis but it's not where you're just talking about being depressed on stage or right right right, right. I mean, I mean, because you, you guys are performers, you've done stand-up and stuff, you know, like, it's, like, a really great feeling. So just, I don't know if it's connected at all, but there's, I mean, the downside is, like, it's, very, I remember when I first started in New York, like, I get I would get very depressed, because you'd go, and you'd have a bad oh, yeah. show, or you'd do a bad open mic, and I'd be on the bus back to, like, New Jersey, and I'd be like, oh, my God, like, it's you're so You're kicking brutal. yourself, it's hard it's to so get brutal. over it, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it's like, you're, yeah, maybe you're, you have the compulsion to keep doing it, but you're also, like emotionally like you you are taking like a beating <laughs> like and most normal people don't want to take like an emotional beating so they're just like yeah why would i do that and you're like well i don't know <laughs> yeah it is almost like uh what's the word masochistic do you think though that it was therapeutic for you at all like was that another 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 form of therapy for you getting up on stage uh i would say no but it's it's a good challenge to like do it better and get like you know used to it and it makes you like because then you become good at just like being social in general sometimes and just talking to people. Right. i don't know if you guys find that too but i feel like it's mm -hmm. a lot easier for me to just talk to anybody now oh absolutely i was very introverted through most of college and then when i started doing i started improv first which was a good stepping stone to stand yeah. up because you're not by yourself right and then stand up and now i feel like i can talk to so many people and it's like night and day from when I moved up here. Should we have like comedy therapy shows where we bring people <laughs> who are depressed and wanting to try comedy but afraid? Yes, you should. That's a great idea. Don't you have your live version of this or something? No, why like don't you do it? I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> 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 we used to have a live version of the show, oh, yes. Okay, okay. And I then we kind know. of shelved it. It like sucks trying to get people to come to a show, Olive. You know yeah, how that is. We did that together for also many, many years. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. That is very depressing. Um, well, so... I think one of the biggest misconceptions, and I mean, this is me speaking as an outsider. I mean, I've definitely had 
some down times, but I don't think I could ever necessarily classify myself as someone who's ever been clinically depressed. But my perception of, you know, talking to people like you and my other friends who have um, experienced depression, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that people are sort of like, well, just snap out of it or just, you know what I mean? Like, why can't you just think about X, Y, and Z? Yeah, and is there any way to articulate why that's not, why that, that is not the right. case and that cannot be done? Uh, the best way I can articulate it is, <clears throat> like I told this to my sister, I told this to a couple of people, like I don't trust like my own emotions because they're so unstable. Like I could be happy at any moment and I could be like 15 minutes later, like I could be sad. It could be like the, the sky is a different color. Or, I mean, I don't know what causes it or maybe mm-hmm. I ate something weird at a weird time. Like I really like sometimes you you tend to distrust. It makes you like as a way to cope, you you distrust your your emotions. So you're like, well, I got to do this X, Y, or Z, and I'm not gonna worry if I'm happy or sad or inspired or depressed because I can't rely on myself. Well, to see like, that, you know. and that makes that makes a lot of sense because that what the, and that's what people don't understand about these things is that it's the literal what you just said the lack of control. You don't decide to feel a certain way. Yeah the emotions decide for you and that's not something you can just turn on and off yeah people i mean people think it's just like okay well like it's just like executing on a piece of advice but it's really not right you know right people think that they talk to you enough or they're like you know you should just do this or why don't you just or think about all the good things and you're like you know they think that you exactly like you said evan like that you're in control of it when you're not i think control in all aspects aspects of our life is such a Right. A false sense of, I mean, we as humans, because we have other, no other way to contextualize things, right? Like, we are conscious in our own brains. We think that we're in control of, I would say, probably, like, we think we're in control, like, 99%, and I feel like we're in control, like, 50%. You know what I mean? Like, I don't right. think we understand how much any of our decisions or our feelings or our emotions are just our brains reacting beyond our right. control and we're reacting then to our right. brains, yeah. you know? And outside truth. Probably that made that. no sense. I'm drunk, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you looked like you were going to say something. No, no, it's, it's, it's totally true. Like, uh, so, I mean, and also then, like I said, like I try to disregard my emotions like sometimes, but that's hard to do. It's just really, like you can't snap out of things. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And, and people, only people who don't, who aren't like depressed or haven't been depressed can like say stuff like that because mm-hmm. it's, if you've been, if you've been depressed before, you know, like it's it's like you want to. You have the willingness, right? You have the mm-hmm. knowledge. It's not like a lack of you know you don't know right. what to do, and you have the willingness. It's just you don't for whatever reason it make it's very difficult because you just kind of it's like I I told somebody one time it's like it's like being trapped under the ocean and you're like wearing yeah. like <laughs> like a suit of armor or something. You're like, well, yeah, people are just going to just swim up to the top. I'm like, I don't know how. It's just like I'm down here and yeah. I'm just gonna. I don't know how long I'm gonna be down here, but but that's good. That's how I and that's how I feel about the OCD. That people are like, well, can't you choose not to do this certain thing? It's like, look, I know it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me, but the drive to do it is just still there, and I can't not do it. Can I ask you a question? Does anyone ever like try to like force you out of it by like exp- like here I'm gonna rub some dirt on you or something or dump, oh, yeah, dump something question. dumb like that? Has Sometimes anyone- people try to be jerks and they do that and it, but. Uh, but yeah, never but as a way like thinking they're going to help or thinking yeah, like, like heaven snap out of it like, like tough have, love or something but yeah, I, right. that's it's as you know that's just not how things work I yeah. mean it might work for certain things but not oh, I know it doesn't work right, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just wondering if people have done yeah, that yeah people have just 
said, well, you know, you're in therapy now, so you should be able to deal with this. And I'm like, that's yeah. not how it works. It's a, it's a process. It's you've been living with this your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just decide to be happy if you're not. You yeah. can't stop the, we all the just ticks do that? or exactly. anything so that dumb. happens. We would all just decide to be happy if we couldn't <laughs> do it. Right. Yes. Such a good point. Well, what, um, so you had success with therapy and then I know that you've dabbled in some other forms of self-medication. That, uh, but, yeah, occasionally. So how has that, let's talk about substances. I know that Evan and I are big fans of, uh, the alcohol. Which I think helped. Well, I was actually just saying to you, I don't remember if I talked about this on the last podcast. I don't think I did, but I, I mean, I love my wine. I have wine like almost every day. And, um, I feel like it does ease my tics and ease my tread in the moment. But if I drink so much so that I'm hungover, my Tourette is like out of control the next day. And I've the past few months felt like my Tourette has like really been flaring up and I'm trying to experiment. So I'm trying to not drink for a little while to see if that helps. Cause I think it actually like, I was drinking so much that I think it's sort of like my body is just like freaking out and I need right. to sort of like uh-huh. detox from it. But yeah, what about, uh, what well, it's one of the reasons I don't like to drink like that much. Especially when I was younger, because I felt like it would make me more depressed. Right. So I didn't. I didn't but it is a depressant. It is. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's... Um, but I don't know. I like. Uh, I think ideally, it's best probably not to do any drug on like a regular daily basis. But do you feel like in the moment, like if you're smoking? Yeah, I love smoking weed. I like, but I mean, if you do it a lot, what I, what I found that I've been, if I had done it for like you know, like on a daily basis or something, like it would kind of like make me in the long run more depressed because, yeah. like, it's first of all, it's not as enjoyable, and second of all, it's like it it, infor- it reinforces like you know bad behaviors like binge eating and kind of like for me like not socializing and stuff like that. Well, it's no, it's interesting because I've heard a lot of mixed things about pot where. With people with anxiety disorders, like Ricky Williams, the football uh-huh. player, who said he needed it to deal with his yeah. anxiety. He was very closed in. But that it also can, yeah, like any type of uh, actual prescription medication, if one of the things that's causing you anxiety or problems is weight gain, and these pills or pot is causing mm-hmm. you to eat more and weight gain, then it's just going to have a reverse effect. Yeah. Yeah, what? I, I find that when I'm depressed, like if I'm smoking weed, it's kind of just like, uh, it's like sort of just like time travel to the future where it's like, I don't have to like be sober and think about things that are bothering me. And, That's the you know thing, I mean? right? So it's like, like, like on a Friday, you could start smoking weed and then all of a sudden it's Monday morning again. And but like, right, it's a yeah. temporary thing. It's not a solution. Yeah. But I really like smoking weed. Like if once a week or like a couple times a month is like amazing. Like a, a, a once in a while kind of escape. Yeah. I kind of have a question, actually, for both of you, because yes. we'll never get this kind of thing again, because part of having a, a disorder is how you cohabitate with other people, oh, and yes. if you hide it, or if you the other person knows, and how you coexist, and you guys were roommates. We were. Yeah. Were you aware of each other's... Yeah, we're fully yeah. aware. Yeah, we're fully aware. <laughs> fully aware. I was like, why well, still see you making all that noise in there? Um... No, I mean, because we were friends for at least two or three years before we were roommates, right? Yeah. So we knew, I mean, yeah, I knew all up, you know, was struggling with some things and he knew for sure. I'm pretty open about my having Tourette at some point. I don't like walk up to people and like, hi, I'm Chelsea, I have Tourette. Here's a pamphlet about it. You have a shirt that's just Yeah, I should have one. But um, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like it comes up pretty organically. Usually I try to bring it up whenever it feels organic. 
But um, so yeah, we definitely knew. And I would say the most, I think, well, maybe we've never necessarily talked about this. You tell me all that. Maybe you hated all the years we lived together. I had a blast when we were living together. I thought we had a lot of fun because I think, I think we were involved in so many projects out you know, in comedy, like we hosted an open mic together, we hosted a show together, we like worked on a web series that we like wrote and produced and like shot. So as much as we were working on together and then living together, I don't think we ever really got sick of each other. Like I no, can't think of I, any time where anything really happened. Cause at the end of the day, even if we're like, Ugh, we've seen too much of each other. I mean, we go in our retreat, rooms. Yeah. yeah. You just like go in your separate rooms. But I would say if anything, and we were talking about this before we started recording, we were talking about like, we did have some, uh, good, quote unquote therapy sessions in the living room many nights a week yeah, where Sunday. I was just with a bottle of wine all up with we had our designated bo- couch yeah. <laughs> right all up with this weed and me with my wine and we'd just be like hello right <laughs> let's, let's do it and yeah I mean for real Monday could come real quick right. but I don't know do you think in one way or another do you feel like our living together and I don't know but dealing with separate things made it better or worse or do you feel like we ever exacerbated one another's maybe we enabled each I other I mean we enabled each other probably because like if you know it was which we joke about it right yeah so it was like a thing so it was like we were self aware of our enabling so right said, okay <laughs> no we were I definitely really enabling because like with, you know like like it would be like a joke like you know like it'd be like her spirit animal was wine and mine was like cake or something. Like, <laughs> remember, like, you know, like that was our well, thing. <laughs> we definitely uh, would do our share of binge eating too because you were a big... Right, well, so that was our common, that was our overlap, right? So it's yeah. like like alcohol and then weed and then we'd overlap in binge eating. <laughs> <laughs> you know? All of would order Domino's. There's a time when you probably order Domino's almost every day, but then you would leave... And I'm all for, like, leftover pizza. I think it's better than when it's fresh. But then you would, like, leave your fucking Domino's pizza on the coffee table for days and just eat it. And, like, put it in the fridge. <laughs> You'd be like, eh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I have like, a, good, all right, I need I have a pretty good stomach so I can handle <laughs> pizza that's two days out. But, yeah, good. to answer your question, Evan, the so long answer, great, yeah, yeah, we probably enabled each other. We did. But, but so, ultimately, you said right now you're not smoking necessarily as much. You're trying no, to, like... I don't... I, my, I'm trying... My, my, my rule is that I don't, I don't want to do it until... I'm trying to lose weight, so that's one yeah. thing. And then also, like, I don't want to just be doing it by myself at home. Right. That doesn't seem like a good way to do it. Right. So hopefully, you know, we'll abide by that. But who right. knows? Who knows? Harris is going to get a lot of friends from this who want to come smoke with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, let's come. You don't need to smoke, smoke alone. Guys. Yeah, I'll come visit you. Let's, I'm so let's bad smoke. at smoking. People always try to help me, and I'm like, I'm just not good at it. I don't think it affects me. I used to think I was doing it wrong, and now I really just think it just doesn't affect me. Or at least I don't enjoy the way it affects me. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't you get a, as yeah. much of a thing. Your I'll brain has to be. I think yeah. you guys have good alcohol brains. Right? <laughs> yeah, I have I a really, a really exceptional. Great. I have an Pop exceptional brain. weed brain. Yeah, yeah, it's just well designed for weed. Yeah, I envy you and your umpire. You really seem to be experiencing the best parts of I the do. world. I do. Remember all the things that I tell you about, yes. like my soul passing through the sun <laughs> and like. Uh, <laughs> one time, I, I felt like I, I told my roommate I was like I felt like. Uh, I was like a rainbow that had fallen over. <laughs> and then all the colors were evaporating slowly one by one off the side of me. Like, nice. You do. You see some good shit when you're I mean, yeah. I could, just, I could just sit here and listen to this. this is I, I have so many more of those. If I could. Go on. Uh, we got a while still. What, okay, so we were listening to Gregorian chants one time. 
and I why could, not? I could, why not? I felt that I could see you the shape. I could the see the shape of the cathedral based on the sound of the Gregorian chant. <laughs> and I made up a whole backstory for one of the Gregorian chants. I was like, this song is a bunch of it's these guys are on a spaceship and they've been away from the earth for many generations. So they're singing about the sun and how it feels for the sun to hit you on your wow. face, but they've never actually experienced it. So they, they sing the song as a way of remembering that they came from earth and they had a real sun. This also sounds like a great ad for whoever you were getting from. This is some, this <laughs> yeah, is some yeah, good yeah, stuff. I can give you the phone number if you need wow. it. But yeah, I, tell, I, I feel like I'm a crazy person when I tell people how, how many great experiences I've had like smoking weed. Sure. Do you still have an okay relationship with your weed dealer? Because remember one time you sent me down to meet him? Right. And I like missed him. Then I was like, oh no. It was a comedy of errors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they, I think they just still want to sell weed. So I don't think they yeah, care that Yeah, they're fine. like, whatever. It, it that was the day like I stole a margarita market. from Don Cokey. I hope no one from Don Cokey listens to this. I was day drinking with a friend of mine. And then like somehow we connected with the all up. And I'm like, yeah, come over. So we're all like convening back at my place. But we were at, my friend and I were at Don Cokey having like one more margarita. And uh, we had just ordered, and then we were just kind of like, Ugh, I think we don't like have it in us to stomach another drink. So I put it in my purse. <laughs> a full drink. I put it in a glass. Okay. And I covered it. I got to the lab. I'm trying I to think purse. of the physics and of it. And I took it. And I was like, where did you get that? <laughs> Mind your own business. Alcoholism. <laughs> it's high functioning. Very. Right. Uh, I stole a glass really and did. a drink. <laughs> Yeah, they, they at least want the glass back, if not you. I'll return it someday. <laughs> I paid them enough money. Um, we've digressed very far off the beam path. So right now, I guess, how are you feeling these days? How are you managing it? Have you been to therapy since that initial time? No, I should probably go back, but I just have not found a good therapist that I liked. So. It's hard to find a good therapist. I would You would think in New York, but it's really it really is hard. So well, if you got hard. money, you can find a good one probably. But not even I mean, still, like, like, That's one of my biggest... It's all I want for Christmas is to get there, but it is really hard and it's time consuming. I feel like it's worse and more like lower return on investments in dating. We should have like an okay Cupid for therapy. <laughs> they really should. Love it. Yeah. And then you can, you can see their qualifications so as well. We have so many good ideas on this podcast this, that this we is... need that someone else is going to capitalize on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We but we know we got to get it quickly. <sighs> because also the other thing with therapists in New York, you could get a great therapist, but... I, and I find this with a lot of people where you get the psychiatrist who you meet with for like five minutes for the pills. Mm -hmm. And then you meet with the therapist to talk to the therapist. Because the psychiatrist, a lot of psychiatrists, especially in Manhattan, where that's just what, what they do. Yeah. They meet with you, just what pills are you looking for? Yeah, they don't want to talk. They don't um, want to hear about your day. And I've had some bad therapy. I had a therapist, uh, a psychiatrist who was trying to see, because it's also insurance too. Right. Yeah. They're trying to go from job to job. Um, who was a reformed Jew and I'm Jewish and he was like born again Orthodox and he spent the session telling me what a terrible Jew I was. Oh, come <laughs> on. And I'm like, what? can you just write me my prescription and I'll be on Are my you way kidding? and I won't be going to you anymore. Was but... he trying to like be cute? Like, did he think I he don't was think so. Like... like I told him I went on Jada. He's like, you're lying to those people because they're not really Jewish. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, God. You can put what level you are on Jada. So anyway, that was my really bad psychiatrist experience. But I once had a psychiatrist tell me that, try to convince me and my mom who was in the session with me because I was younger. I mean, I wasn't super young. I probably wasn't 16, but I was probably a teenager. And the psychiatrist tried to convince me and my mom that the reason I had OCD and Tourette is because uh, I hated my little sister. And I've hated her since the day she was born, and that was a turning point in my life. And I was just like, yeah, 
No. It, no. If you no, have family problems. Don't feel that problems, way about my sister, but thank you. This has been enlightening. Right. And now I've seen the one psychiatrist in my small hometown and you've ruined <laughs> everything. You know, I was just like, oh. Well, that's worse. If, and if you have like somebody, if you don't have a lot to choose from, at least in New York, if there's a lot of bad yes. people, you still have the, the Tinder. All right. But you have to be so <laughs> determined to like go and find like, you that's know what I mean? That's the thing. It, it's that's so always the obstacle. It sucks yeah. to have to go to a new person all the time and tell them all the, the stuff again. Because it's not just like, you just want to write it down and you want to be like, listen, I don't want to go over this again. Just read it and tell me what you think. Exactly. And then like, tell me what you think so I can tell whether or not. Call me crazy. Thing. The app. You can make an app. <laughs> oh my God. And you can match up Ooh. therapists with patients. But even, I mean, yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Even nothing. No. <laughs> I like it, but it just sounds like, how do you, you still, I still feel like you have to come face to face with someone to know if you mesh with them. Don't you think? Yeah. Although, I mean, on some level, yes. On some level, like if you just type in like, are you a psychopath, like a really Jew nasty shamer? Jew shamer? Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who tells me that because my mom converted to Judaism. My dad's part of the silent Holocaust. Whoa. You know, oh my God. You don't want that therapist. Evan, can we prosecute this person? <laughs> the H is silent. I've never had anything that awful or other than, yeah, I mean, so I had that other psychiatrist tell me, hey, my little sister. And then, yeah, I've just gone through a bunch of therapists here in the city where I see them once and I'm just like, you don't, you don't get it. Like one just continually, I mean, I know they're supposed to ask questions, but I feel like I'm also there to get a little bit of input, you know, well, and the, the one thing. was just continually asking questions and didn't really have any input. I'm like, I can talk to like right, my right. mom about this quite honestly. Right. You know what I mean? Like I could get these responses from my parents or like, um, then I had another one. There wasn't anything in particular that she was doing wrong. I just didn't feel like we were seeing eye to eye. Like I just didn't feel like I you have to have her. growth. You can't yeah. just, how do, how this is the old joke of how does that make you feel like, well, you tell me how you think it should be. Exactly. You know? Like give me a little, uh, here. I don't know if I'm I'm naive, but my two student therapists that I had at Fairleigh Dickinson, I both thought they were I thought they were both great. So I don't know if it's maybe like you're after just people, excited to be talking to anybody? No, I think maybe like once you get older and you've been doing it for a while, oh, maybe you a have a point. style and it's like it doesn't like work out, but these people were very like energetic and like very yeah, like, interesting. Well, conversely, yeah, yeah, maybe that. I mean, I do feel like like any job you might get jaded with it, but it is your job, and you should still be trying to right. yeah. be helpful and not be an asshole and uh, not be a Jew shamer. <laughs> not be a Jew shamer and. <laughs> Are you sure if that wasn't a specialty? Maybe you went to the wrong place. Maybe yeah, you called the wrong number. I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe it was maybe just it a was conversion for, Yeah, place. exactly. <laughs> it was kind of... I just looked online. It was like... You know how they have like those hidden like abortion places where it's really just to try to yeah, get you to exactly. keep... Yeah, This guy was trying to make me a better Jew, but <laughs> the joke's on him. But I'm there still is, a shitty Jew and I went somewhere else. There is a demand for that, right? For people who try to leave being Orthodox and stuff. I'm sure yeah. their family's like trying to send them to like Jew shamer guy to bring them <laughs> Well, it's funny. I was writing him the check for the session at the end, and he's like, You could call me whatever you want on the check. I'm like, Really? <laughs> so you must get this a lot. <laughs> you must know that people hate you, and you're in the wrong profession. Like in the memo? I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dickhead. <laughs> You're not going to see a therapist right now. You're not. But how are you? And you're not on any medication. What's uh, up? I'm up and life, down. Ella? I'm up and down. You're just I don't coasting. know. I'm kind of. I'm kind of keeping it together. Well, you did. You retreated to live with your sister in Atlanta for a while right. to kind of gain perspective. And yeah. how did that? I don't there? know. I don't know if I've, I've. The older I get, the less perspective I have in life. <laughs> Wow. It's like, I feel like, you know, like, I feel like, you know, like that feeling you have when you're a teenager and you feel like you understand the world and then like, 
I feel like I'm slowly sliding into the valley of like, I don't know, like what the right thing to do is. Yeah. or I, I don't have anything like figured out. Maybe that like, and not like in a completely terrifying way all the time, but like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, like what, like what, what like what should you do? How should you evaluate your life? All these things. Yeah. I don't, I've, I've lost all like uh, certainty. I feel like. I think anyone who feels like they have the certainty is kidding themselves. Is there certainty? Uh, uh, people people live like they do. Like, well, yeah, that's exactly. They live like they do, but do they really? Or are they just running from the things you're letting yourself feel yeah. all up? Thank you, Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just willing to be like, oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know what kind of, I'm sorry, to what yeah. web was so, what web series you had. I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't watch it, but. If you, if you just guys just had, if you guys just had a web series where it was just you having wine and you having pot and you guys just talking about life and eating cake, you know, it's like the Golden Girls but younger and right. We don't even pizza. script it. We More just dark. like uh, that. Just cut it actually up. was what our web series was based on and then like we scripted it was it, but, but I it's mean, more that, like sketches yeah, yeah yeah it was more sketches but i mean that was what the idea of for our web series was born he's saying legitimately we should just do that and then sit and, and eat sit drink and eat, wine and eat cake yeah Fuck i mean yeah. I, like once tomorrow. a month we could do that once a month absolutely i'm down all right i was like yeah but you have to let me visit once in a while because now i feel sad that i didn't include <laughs> myself on this well you could i mean maybe you can like moderate too and uh, unless you want to get totally wasted too and then you wouldn't well, i would yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what else um, before we send you on your way all up today to just I don't know think more about your life back into SantaCon kind of by the way or there's oh, SantaCon going God. on outside as we speak SantaCon is going on right now we're afraid that our next guest might get trampled in the stampede yeah. trying to make our way to our we studio. can also bring them in because these are clearly depressed people <laughs> if they're, yeah, they have they're, they're hiding behind. I would say I don't want to day drink shame but I think like no. doing anything in that large of a group just, I don't know. Makes uh, but I saw nervous. a lot of individual people dressed who were drunk. I, I was in Hoboken last year for SantaCon Hoboken. We were doing a show, it and it miserable. was just, it was frightening. Have you ever, either of you ever been Sorry. to the St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> I won't leave that out. No. In Hoboken? Oh my God, I Hoboken went one like, year. It was like the worst day of my life. Even just getting on the path train to go to Hoboken, I mean, I couldn't move. We, it was just like as many bodies as could be crammed on that car. I was, it was terrifying. So by the time I got off the train, I was so like claustrophobic and scared. I was just like, Ugh. I feel like I couldn't even really get drunk because I was just like, oh God. And then you're in the sea of green. I don't know why I thought it would be a good idea. No. I think in my mind, I was just like, oh, it's just like one of those things. Just do it once. No, I'm Jewish. My fiance is black. We don't leave the house on St. Patrick's no. Day. We're just <laughs> staying in and bolting the doors and that's it. I do remember later that night they're just making like an entire you know pot of macaroni and cheese and just eating it on my yes. bed and like holding myself. I was yes. like, I'm never gonna leave this apartment again. I just want to live on a mountaintop by myself. That's yeah, what's your dream? Oh my god, let's do that. Yeah, I, I want to get away. From well, I mean, we could live a little bit further down the mountain for me. <laughs> like, well, yeah, we no roommates. We want to see each other's houses, but you know, it'll no. be a compound. Let's no. start a cult. I would love to start a cult, but you don't live together. Like, right, right. Like a cult where you have, like, uh, yeah. you know. Just everybody's responsible for one chore, and then we just leave it on the community table. And I then. would love to live in, like, a commune with, like, no, I wouldn't love it. I probably would hate it. <laughs> but with, like, uh, just, like, creative types, like comedians We talked stuff. about, or I don't even know if I remember, we've talked at times about that we're all going to have to form a commune in order to retire. Because yeah. no one in our generation is going to be no able to No one's married, no one has kids, no one has no. money. 
We will just we should, form a we should pool that our is money. Our fate. I'm not even joking. Buy a cheap house in Detroit with like a lot of bedrooms. Why Detroit? Because it's, it's very cheap right now. All the houses are abandoned. You could buy like a thirty dollars house. We could right buy two lots, crazy. build a new it? house, absolutely, like an eight bedroom house, and just have a comedian. By the way, and I'm, and I'm committing my fiance to this, but I'll get her on board. I'll get her on board. That's what the alcohol. No for. couples. No couples. Only singles. <laughs> can we be the one couple? Don't worry, it'll be fine. Okay, we're cool. We're open. It's fine. But no smooching and stuff in front of us. No, not at all. Not at all. We'll keep it. Only smooch in private. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Alab, what are what are you working on these days? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to talk about? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to find meaning in my life. Uh, Pay the rent. <laughs> trying to exercise, lose weight. Uh, those are those are the main things. Which, by the way, and that my dad smokes weed, and he's smoked for like fifty years, and he does it daily now. Yeah, that he has. He's he's overweight, and has. I mean, it's partly genetic, partly he has diabetes from smoking for oh, like forty five years of his life. Yeah. So that's why, like, I'm nothing against uh, weed, but let my dad be a lesson. It can oh, be good. very detrimental to your health. Once, listen, once a week at the most is the is the best way to do it. For any nascent weed smokers out there, yeah. <laughs> get a vaporizer or get some edibles. Do once a, once a week. Maybe. We've got we've we've come up with so many good ideas and life plans on the show, and I think we've dealt out a lot of. M- Maybe misguided advice. We'll leave that to the <laughs> listeners to decide which advice they want to follow and which they don't want to follow. That advice is good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that advice is good. Um, Listen to us and write us what you think we're doing wrong. Because oh god, then, don't open that door, Evan. No, I'll be like, I'm, listen, we'll be like eleven page emails. <laughs> All right, Woo, where do I begin? No, Chelsea's mom, let us know. <laughs> Deb, I'm scared that Colin. your mom knows all these things about me now. Oh, she'll never listen to this. I don't even honestly know if she knows this podcast exists. I don't let her listen to the other podcast I do, which is about Pretty Little Liars. Why? Because Sue and I are very drunk when we do that podcast. Oh, okay. It's hard to be honest with your mom. Uh, There would be a good podcast idea there, like honesty. Being honest with your mom. mom. (laughs) And then you just bring someone's mom in and be like, listen, mom, this is how I live. This is what I do every day. This is what my kitchen looks like. (laughs) That would be great. It's like, oh, and then just disappointed moms. That sounds like an MTV show. Oh, my God. Chelsea White, you you have to create Disappoint Your Mom. That's a show. How do we, like, send out a release form to all of our listeners that they can't capitalize on any of these ideas? Well, we don't have to put this up. This is all copyrighted. (laughs) These ideas are all copyrighted already. Well, Olive, thank you so much for talking to us today. Yes, thank you. You are amazing. Check them out at um, at Comedian Olive on Twitter. Is that where they can find you? I barely use it, but yes. Well, maybe not. You'll be inspired. Or AllaPatel.com. You know what? Don't even visit any websites of mine. Just go, go and live in the world and be a kind All of right, guys. Shit got real. Get out of here. Thank you guys for uh Can for I thank you guys in. for the, the idea of removing stigma? It's very good. Yes, thank oh, yeah. you. No. Thank you, all. Thank you, yeah. You're the best. And I uh, hope we're okay. roommates again one day in our commune. Yeah, all right. Absolutely. Bye. My disembodied <laughs> voice is leaving now. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm Lissa Mandel. I'm Philip Cassell. And we're here from The, the Bitch Seat. Seat. The podcast. It's an interview show where we talk to guests about the horrible and beautiful parts of their youth. We like to think of it as an adult talk show and tell. A grown-up show and tell. There you go. Like that. So for a teaser, here's some magnetic poetry that I wrote on my fridge when I was 12. Hit it, Phil. Dreams of whispered music felt snow white and lathered me in delirious symphonies. The ache within is black and bitter. A 
thousand frantic shadows scream and chant bitterly. I sleep on a lake of a thousand diamonds. You were 12? Yeah, I was way ahead of my time. Fair enough. Tune in. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!